listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer, Craig Boschman, glad to have you along today. Lots to talk about on the podcast after, uh, well, it could only be described as a tough one last night here at the Eiffel. Yeah, close to 40 minutes. It was, uh, you know, pretty entertaining. Blue or the uh, Broncos rather had a, a ton of shots towards the net. But uh, I mean, hey, props to uh, rookie goaltender Mason Dunsford. He played great. 41 saves in net for Tri City, and they just kind of, you know, slowly chipped away and, and kind of found their offensive legs there in the third period. Dean Brockman is on assignment with that uh, new U.S. draft. There's a talent showcase in Seattle. Dean is there. So Brandon Cote stepping in to assess what happened last night. And then a fun feature guest on the podcast. Yeah, former Broncos uh, defenseman Brett Lernout, currently playing for the Vegas Golden Knights American Hockey League team in Chicago, has uh, played a handful of NHL games with Montreal. So got his thoughts on uh, making that transition to pro and his time here in Swift Current. I think he played just about two full seasons here after being picked up from the Blades. So nice of him to to join us for about uh, 17 or 18 minutes and uh, just kind of get his thoughts on how his uh, pro career is uh, developing. He would have been a monster in the WHL had he played his 20-year-old season, but uh, made pro after his 19-year-old year. Not a bad move by Mark Lamb, who got him for a fourth, I think, from, from Saskatoon. Not sure who that fourth ever materialized into, but a good move to get Lernie here. And uh, tomorrow night, big one here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. Uh, the Spokane Chiefs are in town. Uh, former Bronco head coach Manny Viveros now running the bench in Spokane. He'll be here uh, tomorrow night. It'll be nice to see Manny again. And uh, we're also celebrating Charlie Horse's birthday. Yeah, yeah Safeway's providing some uh, some cu- cupcakes, which are uh, available by donation in the lobby. So uh, come help us celebrate with uh, Charlie Horse. I think his girlfriend, Charlene's going to be here too. And oh. Mickey and Minnie Mouse and uh, the fat cat from Innovation Credit Union. So it's going to be uh, just a big old party here at the Iplex tomorrow. Uh, who's who on the Swift Current mascot scene in town tomorrow night when Manny Viveros and the Spokane Chiefs are here? Uh, visit scbroncos.com for more ticket information and help us celebrate Charlie's birthday. All right, in just a moment, we got the coaches segment of Broncos this week. We'll uh, break things down from last night's 5-1 loss to the Tri-City Americans with Brandon Cote shortly. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. Time now for our coaches segment. We are joined by Broncos assistant coach Brandon Cote. Brandon, a 5-1 loss to the Tri-City Americans on Wednesday. I thought the team played pretty great through 40 minutes of play. Just couldn't seem to get that second goal before the Americans kind of turned things on there in the third period. Yeah, there was lots of positive uh, things through the first 40 for sure. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those things where their goaltender played well. We had a lot of shots, um, more so than we've had maybe all season. Um, so that's that's positive. At the same time, our message is is now we can get that shot quantity, but the quality has to be a little bit better and getting traffic and secondary chances and, and bearing down. So those are situations where you know our goalie is playing real good and uh, you have to find ways to elevate and Get that second goal before they do, because if it goes the other way, maybe it ends up five-one for us. Uh, they get that, they get that second one, and then they just kind of the floodgates open a little bit. But again, overall, I, I don't think you can, you can't be too critical of the majority of our players and our our team effort, just not for a full sixty minutes. How are the guys in the room taking that one last night? Oh, it's hard. It's hard when you know you have a game that that you really have a legitimate chance to win. 
um, and you're playing well, and it's just not going there, and you're staying with it. I thought all, even on the bench, it was it was positive up until the point where they got where they got their second, third goals, and then the kind of the wind, the wind got over sails again. But yeah, they're they're not happy about it because they knew they kind of let one slip away, um, and now we got a real tough task ahead of us this weekend. So, uh, but. You got to accept the challenge. You got to take the good with the bad and, and get ready to uh, dust yourself off and get ready for a real good Spokane team tomorrow. I know when you're doing the video after each game, after a game like that, are you focusing more so on what the team did right, or is it kind of an even mix between the good and, and the bad from any given game? I, th I think there's a balance. I think with our guys right now, there's a fine line between showing too much negative stuff and the positive things we're doing. Um, you know, you can get they can get hammered on that quite a bit if you're focusing too much on the negative but there's definitely corrections um within our our structure um that we need to make note of for sure but i think you're always looking for those positive things that you can show where things do go well and you almost have to have evidence with them that they are doing some good things and that when they play a certain way that they have some success well, you're a Spokane Chiefs alum, and uh, that's the opposition tomorrow night. Uh, you know, back-to-back -back games against American teams. Uh, you know, what do you know about this squad from Spoke this year? Yeah, well, they play fast. They, I think they've, they're have one team, I think, that's gotten better as the years went on. And that's always what you want to do as a, as a team. Um, you know, I think they had some rough patches in the middle of the season there, maybe a few injuries and whatnot. They lost a few key guys to World Juniors, but they seem to be firing on all cylinders. Obviously, a guy like Adam Beckman, who's had an outstanding year, he's a guy when the puck touches his stick, it, it finds ways to the net. So we're going to have to really key on him. Obviously, Ty Smith on the back end. And, uh, you know, they have some other guys there that, that you can't leave open. And you have to know where they are on the ice at all times. But they play a real uh, fast game. They're skilled. They play hard. They, they play structured defensively. So, like I said, we're going to have our hands full, but it's a challenge that we're going to have to be willing to accept. You focus on a team as a whole when you're getting ready for a game, but when a team does have game breakers like Beckman, like Smith, do you focus a little more individually on what they do on the ice and getting your guys ready? Yeah, I think you have to. And I think the message lately, too, is know who you're on the ice against. And you have to play them hard no matter who it is. You, you, you have to respect the, their skill level and their ability and their talent, but you can't give them too much respect and back off and let them have their way. Like, it's, it's a challenge. Like, if I'm playing against Ty Smith tomorrow, I'm taking that challenge any day of the week, and I want to try to shut him down. If I'm playing against Adam Beckman as a D-man tomorrow, I want to make sure my gap's good, and I'm, I'm playing physical on him and make it hard for him as possible. So, yeah, obviously, team-wise, there's some structural things that we're going to have to be aware of, but... At the end of the day, it just it always comes down to your preparation, your battle level, and your compete level, and trying to be consistent with that from shift to shift, no matter who you're playing against. You uh, you fortunately get to face the music after a five-one loss here on the podcast. Uh, Dean is out of town on another mission. Uh, where's Dean at? Dean's in Seattle, so they have they're having the new uh, American uh, draft. So he's he's out there scouting some players this weekend. It's 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 actually. You know, if you can get a couple of those guys to to commit to coming here, it's it's a huge bonus to our program going forward in our rebuild. So, it's a real important weekend for us, whether or not that transpires into players or not. I think it's you know he views it as, as something where it's it's a good opportunity to get out there and see what else is out there and and get some other guys in here that can help us for the future. So, um, you know, we're we're more than happy to help 
support him in any way that we can, and and uh, hopefully we can get these guys ready and prepared for tomorrow for a good solid game. With that new U.S. draft, you obviously played your whole junior career in the States. Uh, how much do you think that draft uh, could potentially impact the future of the Western Hockey League? Well, I think for surely it can. Like they always, they always have the different identification camps and stuff like that. But to have uh, certain teams in one spot where all the teams are there, um, and and have guys possibly commit to to anywhere, it, it there's lots of real good players in the United States that may not want to go to college or, or whatever else. So the more of those guys that we can get in our league, the better. Well, Brandon, appreciate this. Uh, you'll be running the bench here this weekend, so uh, thanks for this. No problem. Thanks. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast, presented by Original 16. Time now for our featured guest, and we are joined on the phone now by current Chicago Wolves defenseman Brett Lernout joins us now. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you're now in the American Hockey League. been a couple years uh, a pro now. How is the, the full-time adjustment to being a... Uh, your actual career as a hockey player still going well for you? Yeah, still going really good. It's my uh, fifth year pro now and uh, still loving it, so it's good. How's the uh, Chicago sports experience? I know the fans there can be really, really passionate about the uh, local teams. How's that treating you? Yeah, the fans here in Chicago are great, uh, very supportive. Uh, we uh, we get quite a bit in the, in the barn usually, so I thought that's always nice. I think Chicago is kind of one of the, the premier AHL franchises. You've probably played in pretty much every single rink now. Do you, do you think that kind of stacks up to every other team in the league? Yeah, I mean, Chicago's a great organization. So was, uh, so was uh, Laval and Montreal when I was there. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, nowadays I don't think uh, any AHL team or any uh, organization is, is, is bad. I'm, I'm pretty sure now they're all pretty good. Yeah, so Chicago, I mean, that's an affiliate of the uh, Las Vegas Knights. Uh, what, what's the experience like being a part of that organization? It's great. That's uh, that's another crazy thing is uh, Vegas just kind of came in the league a couple of years ago, and their fan base is, is insane. It's massive, so it's it's always nice to see. And uh, got another city there, uh, to, another city of hockey fans. So, Did you go to training camp with, with Vegas to start the year? I did, I did. It was nice and sunny when I was there. Well, and that's what I just wanted to ask you. I mean, playing hockey in Vegas is probably, you know, from a, a living perspective and things to do perspective, there's probably not many better places you can go. Oh, for sure. I mean, every day is over 20 degrees and sun's always out and it's always really nice out and tons to do, like you said. Yeah, for sure. Like within that organization, obviously that's where you aspire to be, but I'm sure you've talked to guys who, who are playing full-time in Vegas and, and I know you keep it pro, but at the same time, is it, is it stuff, is it tough to, to stay on track when you're playing in the entertainment capital of the world? I don't think uh, for home teams, it'd be, it'd be that hard to keep it low-key. I think it, it's more of the road teams coming in and probably have a lot of rookie parties there. So I'm, <laughs> I, I haven't uh, I really talked to the boys about the, the, the home part of it. Well, and, and before we kind of go full dive into your pro career, we can kind of take a look at your junior days because you didn't start with the Broncos here. You started with the Blades, but didn't last that long with Saskatoon before you got moved here. So do you remember that day when you got traded to Swift Current? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember the day, but I remember uh, roughly uh, what had happened. Yeah, I was in Saskatoon, and I didn't I wasn't really playing much, kind of in and out of the lineup, and then uh, – I got traded to Saskatoon and I mean to Swift Current and I got my shot and pretty well I guess and then yeah the rest is history I guess. 
It, it was kind of a, a low-key deal. I remember you were traded. I think it was for a, a fourth-round pick. And uh, yeah. you, you ended up making some noise here. Was it just a case of, you know, getting that opportunity and getting that extra ice time? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was opportunity, like you said. I mean, when I came here, uh, Lammer at the time, I guess it was uh, maybe saw something in me. And, yeah, I mean, just opportunity. I mean, when you get opportunity, you get confidence. And with confidence comes, I mean, it's, the game just gets easier with confidence. Well, and there was a ton of great players on that uh, Broncos team when you came here. I mean, you're looking at guys like Colby Cave and Glenn God in your second year, Julius Honka. So you step into a locker room, and there was a lot of guys who ended up playing pro. It must have been uh, kind of a comforting feeling knowing that you guys had a lot of good players on that team. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I think it was my last year at Swift Current. Uh, pretty sure all my points came from came from those guys uh, like Caver and, uh, and DeBrus there. So I just give them the puck and let them do the work. It was pretty easy. Yeah, your first season in Swift Current, uh, you played 41 games. Uh, it was your draft year. You didn't get drafted as a 17-year-old. But, uh, you know, talk about the following year where you just kind of jumped onto Central Scouting's radar and ended up hearing your name called come draft day. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know, uh, I, didn't really know I had a shot of getting drafted, but then uh, I started putting up some points and, and playing well, and then I started getting interviews and stuff with NHL teams during the year and at that time I was like oh wow this this might be something what kind of things do they ask you when they're doing those interviews because they obviously they ask about the hockey stuff but they kind of ask a lot of different questions too don't they yeah sometimes like at the combine they'll they'll ask you some different questions and I didn't get too many uh too many weird questions but I've heard of people getting some weird ones you know, you uh, your game when you were in Swift Current. I mean, you were you were a big physical defenseman. You were able to skate. You had a good shot. Uh, you know, has, has your game evolved, or is it's is that still kind of your bread and butter playing uh, playing in the AHL? It's uh, it's still pretty much the same. Yeah, uh, just a defensive defenseman, and that's uh, physical and really just simple. I just simplify things and make the easy play. You ended up signing your NHL entry-level deal with uh, Montreal just before Christmas in 2014. So, had a great start to the year. Did you did you have that on your mind going into the season, or was it difficult to try not thinking about getting that contract? Yeah, no, I wasn't really thinking of uh, signing a deal during the year. I knew it was a possibility, but uh, I remember I was just hanging out at my billet house, and uh, my agent called me, like, hey, we're working on a contract, and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> It's, uh, it's pretty sweet. Made Christmas that much more merry. Uh, you know, on ice, I mean, you know, you, you you talked about some of the guys that you played with, with Colby Cave and Jake DeBrusque and, and Glenn Godden and Max Lajoie was a young up-and-coming defenseman. Uh, you know, what do you remember about uh, about what you guys did off ice to, to kind of kill the downtime in Swift? Off ice in Swift, right? Uh, really, all we did was we, we, we went to the rink and, and usually most of us boys would go to Louis D's for for breakfast, and that's about it. And then we'd probably head back to someone else's bill house, or usually a guy's house, and play some Xbox and stuff. That was, that was pretty much it. And, and that's and that's kind of a, the nice thing about Swift Current, because some guys, if you play in a bigger city, you live so far apart from these guys, but here everyone's basically within walking distance of each other, so you really get a chance to hang out so much more, don't you? Oh, yeah, we, had, we weren't far apart at all, so we were a pretty close team, so I was always... 
always nice to have. You know, we, we talked to a lot of guys that have moved on to pro hockey that have played in Swift Current and, uh, you know, junior hockey. Uh, everyone still keeps in touch with their junior teammates, and they talk about how those are some of the best friendships that, that they've made and maintained, you know. Who are some of the guys that uh, that you're kind of in touch with on a daily basis uh, from your dub days? Yeah, I still talk to uh, Zach McKay. Like I said earlier, he's one of the guys I still talk to quite a bit. We just uh, shoot once in a while and, and see how we're doing. Um, him and uh, Colby Cave, I talk to quite a bit. Just see how he's doing. And uh, I play, right now in Chicago, we play against Texas quite a bit. So, so I see guys like Hetherington, Scarlett, and, and Bo every pretty much every second week here. So I just talk to them after games, before games. Your like that. your first year pro, you played in St. John's because they were the affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens at the time, and now they've got an ECHL team as opposed to an AHL team. So the travel from Newfoundland to anywhere is a lot. So what was it like for you guys there? <laughs> yeah, it was the, the road trips were were long, and so what we do is we would fly to St. John's, fly into Toronto, and then we just bus around uh, the Eastern Division there. So like bus to Utica and Binghamton and. Toronto and Belleville and all those teams and play them for two weeks and then we head home and stay home for three weeks so we're on the road quite a bit I remember uh, in your NHL debut I think it might have been on the Montreal Canadiens Twitter but of course you, you did the rookie lap and warm up there uh, you know beyond that uh, what was your first taste of, uh, of NHL hockey like? It was awesome I mean I, I didn't really remember much of the game obviously you're excited and nervous and yeah, but from what I remember, it was just a really thrilling moment. And my uh, mom and dad were there, my brother, so it was a really good time. And your first game was in Florida. Again, not the worst place to play pro hockey. Do you remember, like, leading up to the game? Like, were you able to sleep? Were you able to do your, your normal game day routine? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a normal day routine. I woke up, pregame skated, and then napped, and it was game time. And, yeah, just normal, normal stuff. I actually got hurt in that game. <laughs> well, that's the worst possible thing that could happen in your NHL debut. Do you remember what yeah, happened? My first, my first NHL game, yeah, it was like a soft hit behind the net, and I just fell off awkwardly on my knee, and I uh, tore my TCL in my knee. Did you spend like your whole summer rehabbing that, or what? Yeah, I was out like 13 weeks or something. Luckily, it was the end of the season. I think it was like April 2nd, so I didn't miss too much, too many games, but most of the summer I was rehabbing my knee, yeah. So the following year, yeah, you, you play 70-plus games in, in St. John's. You get another chance to uh, to play with the big club. Uh, what, was that like near the end of the year, middle of the year? I, I saw that you got two games in with uh, with Montreal in 16-17. Yeah, those last two games were were the last two games of uh, their season. So I think they were – did they make playoffs that year? I'm not, not too sure. But I think they were, they were just resting guys, and, and then they called me and uh, another goalie up. Well, and the, the one game you played that year against Detroit, uh, it was a win for Montreal, but you played almost 24 minutes. Uh, you're out there every second shift that game or what? Yeah, they, they kept uh, throwing me out there against, like, at the time, I think it was, like, Zetterberg, Tatar, and Nyquist or something. And I was just like, what the, the heck's going on? I usually play eight minutes a night, not 25 minutes a night. So it okay. was, uh, no, but it was a good time. I mean, so, yeah, well, what's that like as a D-man? Because these are guys you've watched on TV for years and years, and all of a sudden you're out there on the ice with them. It's got to be, like, kind of nerve-wracking, but at the same time, like, I got to do my job here and shut these guys down. Yeah, I mean, for a bit you're like, oh, wow, like, these guys are really good, but at the same time it's it's your job to defend them, right? And you're in the same league as them right now, so you got to just 
play hockey at the end of the day, right? I, this is a question that Bo's usually asks in these conversations, so I'll I'll jack it from him here. But you know, what was would that have been kind of your wow moment? You know, your your first taste of NHL hockey. You know, lining up and competing against guys like that, or, or was there something else? No, yeah, I think that would probably be it. Yeah, just playing against guys. I mean, you like guys like Zetterberg that you grew up watching, and now you're out there trying to shut them down. It's it's pretty crazy. That uh, following your 17-18 season looks like you spent uh, pretty much the last month and a half of the year with uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So being able to get in there regularly and kind of have more of a, a routine, so to speak, must have been nice to kind of settle in a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the, year, the two years before that, I got like a couple games here and there. And then I think I played uh, 18 games that year or something. So that's always nice to get comfortable and kind of get the feel for the for the game in the NHL. and. And yeah, and like I said earlier, just confidence, just that confidence in that league. And, and at the end of the day, it'll just be a lot easier with that. You know, what was it like be, being in Montreal? Because you always hear about the media circus and the, the passionate fan base. And, uh, you know, were, were you able to just go around and, and just kind of do your regular things around town? Or were they usually people that wanted to talk hockey? Because you, you, you do tend to stand out in a crowd, from what I recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, no, Montreal was 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 great. I mean, uh, you'd be walking down the street and people would recognize you. Obviously, I mean, they're they love their hockey there and they know every hat and they know everyone that's in the organization. They're really passionate and they didn't really bother you much at all. It was just, yeah, they'd just say hi and maybe a picture or something, but they they didn't really stop to talk hockey too much. No shortage of things to do in Montreal either. What uh, what sorts of things are you guys getting up to off the ice uh, on uh, days between games? Yeah, Montreal's got uh, it's got a lot of different restaurants and stuff. They, I mean, you could eat somewhere different every night, and it's really good food. So I'd say probably restaurants. It's, uh, no shortage of those there. Well, and then I imagine too, like in Chicago, there's uh, probably probably no shortage of things to do on a on a rare Friday night where you guys have it off, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I we I actually live uh, like forty minutes away from downtown. And because that's where like our game and practice rink are, they're out here by the airport. So it's we don't really go downtown too much, but uh, when we do, there's a lot of a lot of good things to go see there. You you talked about the you wonder what the rookie fighters are like in Vegas. Did you get hit with a rookie dinner or anything like that when you were in uh, Montreal? Uh, actually, yeah, right after I got hurt in my first game, it was their rookie party night. We went to uh, Miami from Fort Lauderdale. Did you get stuck with the bill afterwards. <laughs> no, I they they gave me a pass. This is my first NHL game, thankfully. So you're you're playing the season in Chicago now. You're you're 31 games in, and uh, you know how how's the year going for you thus far? It's going pretty good. Yeah, just kind of just playing, just just playing my normal my normal self here. So yeah, I can't complain. You said you're you're in your fifth year of pro hockey now. Has it just flown by for you? Because you're I mean you're one of the veteran guys now on the on the American League team. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I think I played over 300 pro games, and it's like feels like two years ago. I was in, I was in Swift Current, shooting it with Macker and the boys, you know. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely different. But yeah, like like you guys said, it flies by, and you know, cherishes those moments. Looking at that Chicago roster, you know, there's a lot of names that jump out at you of guys that uh, that played in the Western League. You got Reed Duke, Keegan Colazar, uh, Jake Lasician is there this year. Uh, do you guys get together sometimes and uh, and tell stories about the dub days? 
Uh, yeah, sometimes we'll talk about it in the in the room. I actually live with uh, Tyrell Goldburn. He played in the in the Kelowna, so he's my roommate right now. So sometimes we'll reminisce on past teammates we had or people that we knew in common. So it's always nice. Your your schedule in the American League. I think the the season is usually seventy four games now. So playing in the Western League, you played two full seasons of seventy two games. Must have really helped to get ready for kind of the the rigors of being a pro. Oh, for sure, all the bus trips and, uh, and just yeah, sleeping on the bus and and playing games every weekend, some three and threes and stuff. It, it for sure helps you uh, make that jump to pro hockey a lot easier. Speaking of those long bus trips, kind of talked about some of the the guys you'd hang out with a lot when you were here. But are there some moments for you that kind of stand out that maybe weren't so hockey related for you about your time here in Swift Current that you think about often? You were like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember that story. Um, well, that's a tough one. Uh, I just remember uh, when we were in Swift Current, uh, one of the billets owned uh, the old museum downtown there. Oh. I, think it's, I think it's torn down now, actually. But, uh, yeah, he owned the, the, the building, and it was just empty. So uh, we put speakers in there, and that's where we'd go hang out as a team pretty much after games and stuff. And Yeah, it was a good time. Stories of the museum, but probably nothing you can really get into. Kind of a road rule situation there. What happens if the old museum <laughs> stays there? kind of thing yeah exactly it's it's uh, it's history <laughs> well hey brett uh, we appreciate you taking our call here uh best luck the rest of the way and uh, good luck on uh, on the rest of your career even all right thanks guys appreciate it you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos great chat with uh brett Lernout, name dropping zach mckay a few times as well shout out to macker who's around town uh putting in some hard work with uh, city light and power and good to catch up with brett Lernout today yeah nice to hear these guys always talk about uh, the relationships they keep with the players that they play with here and uh, as you heard brett Lernout uh, keeps in contact with a handful of guys that he played with here even though he was only here for about a season and three quarters or so so uh, big thanks to brett Lernout for joining us and of course brandon cote as well yeah for sure uh coming up tomorrow night we have the spokane chiefs in town charlie horse's birthday uh we'll celebrate at the iplex with cupcakes next big game after tomorrow night the Broncos of course taking on Brandon on Wednesday but uh, the Saturday February 29th game the Moose Jaw Warriors are in town that'll be our WHL suits up to promote organ donation presented by Remax game it is a mouthful and uh, the Broncos going with those themed hockey night in Canada jerseys for that one. yeah the uh, kind of powder blue uh, old school 19 what 1970s hockey night in Canada type blazers and uh, a couple other teams have worn those jerseys the Broncos turn on Saturday when they've got the Moose Jaw Warriors here yeah Get your hands on uh, on those. Those are really, really slick-looking jerseys and anxious to see the Swift Current Broncos take on those. A few other teams around the league have done those so far, and our turn happens Saturday, February the 29th. Next home game for the Broncos, it's a Wiener Wednesday clash with the Wheat Kings. Yeah, fourth and final meeting of the season with Brandon uh, next Wednesday to uh, continue. It'll be only 12 games left in the season once that game rolls around as we're getting down to the end here. It uh, flies by every single year, and it's it's been no different this year. No exception at all. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. Big shout-out once again to assistant coach Brandon Cote and Brett Lernup for joining us this week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.